We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Good. Well, it's been a while since I was up here, um, but it's, um, I just had a few thoughts. I've, I've been studying um, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, um, and there's just a few thoughts that I picked out which I thought might be helpful for us um, as we go through life. Um, Paul, when Paul uh, wrote to the Corinthians, he actually, for the first letter of the Corinthians, is, all di- is divided into five essays. And those five essays address the various issues that Paul was having to deal with uh, in that church. And um, most of the things I'm going to talk about this morning really just come out of that first essay where Paul is talking to the church about the disunity that's there, the squabbling that's going on. And if you remember, um, it says that some of, the, some of the people in the church were saying, well, I'm a follower, follower of Apollos, and I'm a follower of so-and-so. And, and there was all these sort of little fractions where they were sort of, you know, fighting amongst themselves to be the best followers of all these different uh, different people. And just a little bit of background. Um, Corinth was a fairly multicultural uh, city, whereas Athens uh, was full of Greeks, and I think it probably still is. Um, Corinth was a much more uh, multicultural society, and when that happens, you then also have um, lots of uh, Greek philosophers are there, Jewish scholars, uh, maybe some Roman um, uh, historians or whoever. They're all there. And as we know, when we, when we look at different aspects in the Bible, these wise people love to gather in the town squares and have a debate about the latest trend, the latest fad, their latest theories about whatever, X, Y, or Z. And in the process of doing that, they are then trying to gain followers for themselves. And so this is what's been happening. And Paul recognises that people in church had started adopting this worldly way of thinking that I need to follow a particular wise person. And so that influence had come into the church. Paul points out, and he, he, as he writes to them, he, he says, look, I didn't come to you with a wise argument. I didn't come to you with a great philosophy about how to get to heaven. I didn't come to you with all this other stuff. I just came and told you about the power of the cross. That's all I did. It was as simple as that. He changed his tact. Previously, Paul had gone into arguing and having big discussions in the town square, but this time, he's basically just saying, I just preached. I just told you about Jesus. I told you about the power of the cross. I told you about the resurrection. That's all he said to them. And he often, throughout, um, throughout his letters, Paul quotes, obviously, from the Old Testament. And he, he says, he quotes from Job, and he, he quotes from Isaiah. And he says things like, I, quoting from Isaiah, uh, quoting from Isaiah I will de- destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. So it's almost Paul saying, look, actually, yeah, these people may be wise, they may be clever, but actually, you need to be careful that you don't allow these things 
to, uh, to affect how you are in church. And in fact, Paul goes on to say, um, well, first of all, he says, remember your calling. Now, this is interesting because if we were to talk about what is your calling, our Western way of thinking is, what is it that we are called to go and do? What is it in the future that God has planned for us? But actually, in the Greek, when Paul says, remember your calling, it's past tense. So it's, what was it you were called to? What was it you were attracted to? What was it that caused you to become a follower of Christ? What was it that called you to be a part of this fellowship? And the influence in asking that question is, well, what's changed? Just a question, well, what's changed? And I thought that was just quite, I just thought that was helpful for me to think, what was it I was called into to start with? And has that changed? I don't think it has for me. Further on, it looks like the Corinthians thought that all they needed was the Holy Spirit, which is good. You do need the Holy Spirit to live. But if you only have the Holy Spirit, what, hap- what tends to happen is, is that because we're human, our feelings get a little bit mixed up at times with what we think the Holy Spirit is saying. And in the end, you might be guided more by your feelings than by what God wants. I think this is called, I was going to get pronounced, pneumatology, as in pneumatic, being self-inflated. That's what, the, that's what the Gnostics were. They thought that they could rely on the Spirit to gain wisdom and become puffed up with wisdom and became, become wise. But actually, Paul writes that you, you, you do need the Holy Spirit. You receive the gifts of the Spirit. You do need the Holy Spirit. However, you also need the mind of Christ. And you need the balance of the mind of Christ along with the Holy Spirit in order to live how God would have you live. You see... It's the Holy Spirit that brings change. I have experienced so much of the Holy Spirit's power in my life that has changed me from where I was to where I am now, and it still continues. I have experienced that. But actually, it's the mind of Christ that brings the unity and the purpose for both my life and for our lives. And you need the both. You need the power of the Holy Spirit and the mind of Christ, which brings the, the purpose and the unity in order for us to live as God would have us live. In the past, some of you know I, I, we've worked in, I worked in Mozambique for a while, doing some church things and stuff like that, and I worked with different denominations, some of whom didn't think the Holy Spirit was relevant for today. They were wise, they had the mind of Christ, however their ministry lacked that power to see change, which was, which was disappointing. On the other hand, I've met and known very spirit-filled people who didn't always access the mind of Christ to make their decisions. And therefore, a phrase my mother used to use was, they were so heavenly focused, they were no earthly good. <laughs> but it was, that, it was that way of all being very floaty. But a lot of their decisions were based on feelings rather than actually applying the mind of Christ to see, actually, is this uh, what you should be doing? 
Now, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, well, what is the mind of Christ? How, how do you get the mind of Christ? Here's, here's the thing which I find absolutely brilliant. As soon as you become a follower of Jesus, you have access to the mind of Christ. Just like that. You haven't got to, you know, do a dance or wave a flag. As soon as you become a follower of Christ, you access the mind of Christ. And what that basically means is that we then have the ability to see and to think beyond how the world thinks. We enter a different dimension on how we think and how we see things. It brings us into into line with how God would have us rather than how the world would have us. Having the mind of Christ causes us to become more like him. But you, you get it as soon as you become a follower of Christ. If you've not yet made that choice to follow Jesus, you're missing out on thinking how God thinks. There's a little thought. I've told this story before, but there's quite a few people here that haven't heard it. So just a few years ago when I was dating Debbie, my wife, a few years ago. Um, and to give you a little bit of background, um, I, I went out with Deb and uh, we went out for six or seven months and then we stopped going out and stuff happened and then I went out with Deb again. At which point she was very um, uh, nervous, twitchy, Uh, uncomfortable, I mean there was all sorts of feelings that she wasn't quite sure what was going on, where I was heading and you know what what my thinking was and um, we were away, there was a group of us that were away in Yorkshire, up in the Yorkshire Dales and we went on a walk and we were walking and I remember even now there was a river, there was daffodils, we were walking through the field, Dawn kept telling us there was a coffee shop around the next hill which there wasn't Um, (laughs) But we were there, and um, I realised that actually my relationship with Deb was all over the place. It was, um, one minute it was okay, the next minute I wasn't quite sure, and it was all over the, just really, really, um, really all all over the shop. And so I talked to John, I said, John, look, this is our situation, this is, this is what, uh, this is how we are, this is how our relationship is. And what John told me was completely contrary to what I thought was the right thing. Now, back in those days, I don't know whether it's true now, but back in those days, men were often told to keep them guessing. (laughs) Don't let them know what you're thinking, (laughs) all right? It keeps them on their toes, all right? Don't tell them anything. Just, you know, show a little bit of interest. (laughs) That was the worldly advice that I was living to. When I spoke with John, John said, well, what are your intentions? I said, well, I'm fairly sure I'd like to marry her. He said, well, tell her. (laughs) What? No, I've got to keep on guessing. (laughs) No, no, just just say to her, you're not asking now, but my intention is to marry you. So uh, I remember John and Dawn walked ahead and I drifted back and... (laughs) There was Deb walking on. So I said, look, I just need to tell you, my intention is to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not asking you yet. I'm just letting you know. 
And you know what? From that point on, everything changed. It just, it was just something. And what I recognised, it was, John was just bringing the mind of Christ to my situation. Going completely against worldly opinion, worldly advice, cut through all of that, and as I think they say, the rest is history. But it was just one of those situations. And I, I thought to myself, yeah, that's, that's what I need all the time, to be able to cut through the worldly uh, opinions, the worldly, the worldly things that, that are out there constantly getting advice. If you're on social media, constantly getting advice about stuff. One of the things that Paul adds in when he's, when he's thinking about this, when he's looking at how the church have been affected by these, um, these uh, worldly thinking, he says, do not allow these things to go beyond Scripture. In other words, don't allow the worldly influence to creep into how churches and to go beyond that. Now, at this point, I thought I could go down a rabbit hole and talk about all the worldly things that I can see creeping into various churches. But I won't. <laughs> You'd be glad to know. But what I did think to myself was actually, I'm just reminded that I need both the power of the Holy Spirit and the mind of Christ if I'm going to be living to how God wants me to live, if I'm going to be living to, to, to do what Jesus wants me to do. And that means then that when I am talking with people, praying with people, meeting in a group, I have a responsibility to bring both the power of the Spirit but also the mind of Christ into those situations. So that as we look out for each other, it's, the Bible says we together have the mind of Christ, but I have access to the mind of Christ. And therefore, I can bring a wise word to somebody. I can bring something in a prayer to them. That becomes my responsibility. And I was just reminded that as I sort of put these few thoughts together, that's what I want, that's what I need, and that's what I hopefully can have going forward. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK.